read make it make it dramatic okay well hey and maybe give an update on the seasons <laughs> yeah fuck you. yeah you want an update yeah sure one zero makings yeah. away oh he uh, he picked the lions it was yeah. a good choice. Thank it was you. a good choice. He, his fourth team in the NFC North. <laughs> oh, I'm going to redo my, uh, my... Can I redo my Super Bowl pick? My can I get a do-over on the Jets? We should both do that, yeah, because I had the Chargers. So you can pick the NFC North again, and I'll pick a new Super Bowl champion? I'm picking every division again, but yeah, sure. Let me get back to you. Okay. San Francisco 49ers. So for Thursday Night Time Machine this week, we're both on one side. Yeah. One has a bigger number than the other. One has Eagles by six, and another has Eagles Perfect. by nine. I got it. Chris, wow. Eagles 30, um, 21 to the Vikings. <laughs> Making 31, Vikings 25. All week, because the Eagles do funky numbers, 32, 13 was speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And then I read how Jalen's going to get heated up. Yeah, you don't I, like it. I don't think it's a good It's like It's like... Um, uh scott stapp and stevie wonder both singers one's a little bit different than the other bringing heat with bill calling the plays and the personnel they have is way different than brian flores and these guys that yeah. they shipped out of town they don't have any coverage guys they're gonna be double mugging all night and like the the injuries to the bradberries that's the yeah. thing you got to keep an eye on james bradbury with a concussion uh and so maybe josh jobs josh job will step in um, and, and I actually think before the 22 draft, from what I understand, Nolan was telling me he was a top 100 pick. So the guy can play a little bit. Um, and I think the vote of confidence in getting him out there says a lot. Um, the interior line's an issue for Minnesota. Like Bradbury got hurt and Schlotman had to fill in. And, uh, I just think the big question for me is going to be the Eagles taking deep shots. Like they took three of them against the Pats. I think this is the week they go bombs over Baghdad. And that's going to be my layup line. Oh, outcast. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. Got to get Swift going. Got to get Dallas Goddard going. Um, and remember this last game. And I think it's in Kirk's head. He was abhorrent yeah. and Jalen Hurts had his coming out party. Yeah. Jefferson. Addison. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to bet the over in the Eagles. Okay. The Greenlight Podcast welcomes you. Freak Show Friday here at Greenlight. We have a blast and a half with Stanford Steve. He pops in to talk three NFL locks, the best bets in college football. And he's going to run through Colorado, Colorado State, give us a little preview of what he's going to see on the ground in Boulder as game day travels out west on Saturday. Steve hits a couple of college football storylines, obviously the big one being Dion, and get through a couple of previews of the NFL Week 2 slate. But to kick things off, we've got a hello, we've got a layup line roulette. And then Chris and Macon run through NFL Week 2. Every single game broken down. The best matchups, biggest implications from the games we're most looking forward to to the ones we're not so looking forward to. Y'all please enjoy yourselves. See you when we see you. What's up, y'all? Uh, I want to welcome a special guest to the fridge. Once we get success early on, DeAndre Swift. It's hard to stop guys up front. Good to have you. Um, 
I also was watching a little Kelsey, uh, the new documentary in here. I can't get enough of the guy. I said we do a sequel already. Kind of in the way of the hummus, but I'm enjoying it. Um, big win for the boys. I mentioned DeAndre Swift here. Swifty might be the coolest looking guy in Eagles history, the fucking visor, number zero, the whole thing. Just an absolute drip king out there. And the holes were big enough, you know, take your pick on the analogy. The fucking holes were big. They were big gaping holes that this kid was running through. And I'd love to bid on something at like an Eagles gala where I could run behind the Eagles O-line. I know they're my friends. I could probably call them and be like, hey guys, can we go out in the backyard and can I just like hold the football and run behind you guys? The fucking holes were huge. I want to go as far as saying this guy's going to be really good this year, and I think he will, but Miles Sanders down in Carolina, like, what the fuck? You want me to get through this hole? That's not like the holes I had before. So um, hats off to the O-line, the John Stars, as I call them. Space Jam. Uh, who else do I want to mention? Oh, A.J. Brown. Bro, hang in there. You know, he's got guys draped all over him. Fucking clear P.I. They go to the replay specialist. He's like, well, I don't know. In slow motion, it looks too slow to tell. What the fuck does that mean? And then, you know, you get a touchdown call back because of the Rashad Penny deal. So, tough night. Tough night. Hang in there, big fella. Hang in there. Um, and I want to shout out, speaking of big fellas, Jordan Davis. Just punking folks, just punking grown men, grown men with 401ks getting punked. 300 pound men with families getting punked out there. We we're damn near had a butt fumble situation. Absolutely dominant, these two young guys inside. Jalen Carter, a lot of fun to watch. Didn't hear him much as, as much tonight, but Jordan Davis took his turn. So I don't know if there's a team that hates a stadium more than the Vikings hate our stadium. I know they beat us once. Well, I wasn't there, but in, in the during the pandy when they had all the cardboard cutout people, uh, I think Kyle Rudolph went off or something. But that's it. Otherwise, they come to the link. It's like it's like college football team be like, why do we schedule these guys? Why are we going to Tuscaloosa? Um, Jake Elliott, thank you. Your small but powerful leg helped me not sweat that last drive. Okay. Uh, I bought to four. Some people would tell you buying points is unsound. Well, if I listen to those people, I might not be doing this fridge talk right now. Could have woke the baby up that last drive when they called that fumble back. I know some of y'all are in a bad way, but imagine had you bought the points, how you'd be feeling right now, if that's any consolation. Hamilton, Ohio. Hello. All right. So they won a, uh, they got the cleanest water in the country. I know. One. <laughs> uh, two, once named Little Chicago, because all the Chicago gangsters up and, and created a little hamlet for themselves here in Hamilton, Ohio, to like avoid. Goebbels, Argentina. Yeah, you got it. And uh, uh, a former NFL running back named Floyd Breezy Reed hailed from uh, Hamilton, Ohio. And you might be surprised to learn that Floyd Breezy Reed uh, is or was a white person. Uh huh. <laughs> it was a little surprise. Yeah, a little twist I, there at the yeah, end. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little surprising. Yep. So there you go. It's a good, good place. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, you're I, welcome. I love the hellos. 
Uh, also, uh, Antoinette, Elena Antoinette Hicks, known by her stage name, Bonnie Rodden, I know who that is, is uh, from, uh, from Hamilton. She's from Hamilton. So that's a dynamite segue into what we're going to be doing here in a second, which is going to be breaking down the NFL games this Sunday in three tiers. And today's selection of tiering from Macon. From Macon. Yes. Said by, at any rate, adult film actors. And the thing about adult film actors is some of them have vaginas because we're not using the word actresses anymore. It's like we don't use the word stewardess anymore. That's a no-no. Don't go on a plane and asking for the stewardess. Uh, adult film actors. That encompasses actors of all. By the way, I was just trying to think of uh, if we're doing waiter, waitress. I think we're doing wait staff. Every single, I don't know if this has been mandated by the NFL, Every single freaking commentating team this week said athletic training staff. Those three words. Yeah. Every single time oh, somebody like, came like on they the got field, a memo. And now they're being attended to by the athletic training staff. That's interesting. Like, how about uh, how about a layup line? Let's do a uh, let's do a roulette, shall we? We'll shuffle. Get in this thing. Yeah. All right. You up first? I'll go first. Okay, we are hitting shuffle. Oh. Fish and whistle. John Prime. Then we'll whistle ain't no fishing in heaven. That's pretty good. Lovely. All right. Wild Wild West. Will Smith. Yes. Three. <laughs> do not. Rue Hill. Wicked Wicked Wild. Modi. Wicked Wild. Die a happy man. Thomas Rhett. Between the bottle of wine and the look in your eyes and the Marvin Gaye. I don't even know who that is. I don't know that one. Okay, so I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm going shuffle. Lord knows, Drake and Rick Ross. No. It's your worst nightmare. It's my first nightmare. When does a Drake album come out? Yeah, I don't think that's, it's not out yet, right? Okay, so Lord knows, Drake and, uh, Meet the boys on the battlefront. That's from the Wild Chapatulas. If you're a New Orleans person, you know that song. It's a pretty good song. Reed, you don't know that song. That Time was, of the no, Preacher. I'm not aware. Willie Nelson. Now, I would what, like to... What was the last one? Time of the Preacher, Willie Nelson, okay. which is obviously the best song that just got... What's the time of the preacher? Uh, did What's you hear Wicky Wow? <laughs> Wicky Wow. But this... this uh, this Wild Chapatula's track is hot. I don't know. Listen. I'm not familiar with that one. I wish I was. So far, really good. I just want to, because I just want to yeah, put yeah. that in there. You're I'm, probably going to pick his first selection. Well, I'm not going to nominate it. I know Cowboy would choose John Fish Prime. and Whistle by John Prime, but I'm going Wiki Wow Wow West. Okay. West. I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to go meet the boys on the battlefront for our friends in the 504. Was, it, was that the one you just played? Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Wow. Alright, so I didn't know that song. Come on, how you oh, wait, 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 wait. Alright, hold on. Hold on. Equal time here. Hey, equal time, equal time. This final gay. statement, please. I need your final statement. <laughs> okay. Hold Closing on. argument. Oh, wild, wild. Come on, you don't love that song? Nah, I think, I think that's a tight song. However... Please don't. You guys had, you guys both had clear number ones that you did not choose. 
Uh, but we're going meet the boys on the battlefield. That song, yeah, not it. familiar with that song. I just didn't want to. Everybody knows time of the preacher, right? Right. Uh, you know, I'm trying to educate you guys and gals out here. Uh, oh, so as promised, wiki wow, we're gonna get I right into the preview. Have trouble not saying that throughout the show. It's okay. Uh, wiki wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a. Uh, I don't know. This slate's a little mid. Yeah, it you is. know, the problem is some of these teams lose early in the season, and all of a sudden you're like the Bears. You slide down to the bottom because you're like, oh, they're playing the Bucks. Just erase them. Like they were so bad last week. The Giants, for instance, they're probably going to be down the bottom. But let's start the tiering. Uh, after, of course, we talk about the Jets because we have not been on mics since Monday night. Your, um, your takeaway, Macon, when Aaron Rodgers' uh, calf reverberated, what was your reaction? Uh, on brand, sadly, for the Jets. Oh, I thought you were going to say for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Well, it is on brand for the Jets. They are the like, they are the most cursed NFL franchise. They got to be up there. I mean, the Browns like we're kind of getting uh, the Browns. They 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 cheated their way out of it by like uh, signing Deshaun Watson. Uh, but there's gonna be karma on the other end of that thing at some point. The Jets, man, they're just always trying to do the right thing. It's heartwarming. You got hard knocks. The whole thing. Yeah. Brees is ripping off 80-yard runs. Uh -huh. He looks like he's further along than anticipated. The defense was good. There's a lot of good things that came out of the game, and we'll talk about it. But, I mean, just from a, a macro standpoint, I don't think there's ever been an instance in pro sports where I felt worse for a fan base. Yeah. You know, it's just like it, it, is, it is the quintessential Jets thing. Yep. The only thing that wasn't quintessentially, uh, quintessentially Jets was winning, winning. the damn game. Yeah. And what a finish that was. I mean, I had so much fun watching that game. Some of these people like these high-scoring games. Give me that 10 out of 10 times over Miami, LA. I'm sorry. I just like games that I can keep up with. Easier to break them down. There's like four scores. Ugly. People were hitting out here. Zach Wilson got hit so fucking hard by Matt Milano on one play. I turned to my wife and I go, he's dead. I mean, like, I, it, was, it was a That before or after he threw it directly to Matt Milano. So that pick... Uh, I. That pick might have happened. Well, he also tried to clean Matt Milano's clock on the interception and he got fucking <laughs> yeah. flat back. Yeah. So, I mean, like, let's talk about the Jets first and foremost. I mean, like, we feel terrible about the situation for where, Aaron Rodgers. I feel bad. Where those unis every week? Mm -hmm. Rodgers running out of there with the American flag. You know, Rodgers, you feel terrible for him because uh, it's, it's, it's hard when you switch teams. I don't care what you think about the guy. Um, you, you so badly want to prove that, even though everybody knows it was you in Green Bay, you want to prove that, like, hey, I'm good anywhere, and you want, to, you want to give the Packers the middle finger on the way out the door. I think what's interesting about it is the Packers, you know, they would have another number one pick from the Jets if Aaron Rodgers were to have played 70% of the plays this year, which obviously is not going to happen. It was one of the first things on my mind is, like, what do you do to provide this team with an opportunity to compete at the highest level this year. Cause, and maybe that's the player in me, and that, that's what makes me sometimes a bad analyst. But like, 
I'm looking at this from a player's lens and I'm saying like, these guys are fucking awesome. They deserve to play in big games late in the season. If you do nothing about this, sure, Zach Wilson can, can improve, but you know, when you made this move, I'm pretty sure we can go back and listen to Robert Sala at the, at the podium talking about this is what we had to do to take the next step. And as much as I appreciate him the next day getting up there and being like, we're riding with Zach Wilson, I don't know why people are putting an obituary by our name on our names. Uh, it doesn't make sense because you make the move because you were cooked without this guy. And it's an admission of not being where you want to be without this guy. And, and some of the time, the thing I hate about double talk from coaches is like, now all of a sudden, this is our guy. We're going to ride with him. What, what changed throughout the offseason? Has he improved that much? I doubt it's true. I think he's going to be better just by virtue of being in a situation where You've hit rock bottom as a player. I can remember early in my career, like halfway through my second year when things were going really bad for me and the numbers weren't coming and that sort of thing, I kind of hit rock bottom. And there was a day I woke up and I was like, okay, it can't get worse. Like you, relative to expectations or whatever, it's not like I was awful, but I was just, I was feeling the pressure. I was feeling like, hey, there's no way out of this. The situation's fucked up, the whole thing. I didn't have a Garrett Wilson to throw to. We were talking about, the Bears losing streak of 11 games, we lost 17, okay? So like things were bad, but I had to hit rock bottom to be able to reset my mind and play loose and play freer. And I can only imagine for a quarterback, it helps that much more. He needs to be loose, but not too loose, you know, because he, he's out there fucking around. His mechanics are bad, even on Monday night. I think I had a fridge talk Monday. I don't know if you saw that. We're back, we're back in the fridge, but immediately I'm calling for a replacement. And I still think at some point this, this season, you might see somebody ship them somebody. And you know, I don't know if it's gonna be after the buy or what, but I didn't think it through completely in my emotional staring at the A1 sauce state Monday night. I was really excited for the Jets and I wanted them to go get somebody. Um, and I started throwing out names like Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford's base salary is 1.5 this year. I think Kirk's gonna cost you around uh, the entirety of your remaining cap space. The difference is obviously there is Matt Stafford is going to cost you a lot next year, and that complicates things. Kirk Cousins, and also Rams fans will tell you, we're not rebuilding. We're not shipping Matt Stafford. They're speaking for Sean McVay. Fine. You believe that? Good. We'll see how the season plays out. Uh, I thought they looked great, and I thought he looked better than I thought the other day. And two days before Aaron got injured, you had the report that broke on the Jets trying to go get Matt Stafford. Uh, but Kirk Cousins is a guy who'd be up after this year and you'd be able to pretty cleanly break that off if you needed to or extend him. Aaron's gonna come back, he's got a ton of dead cap money. So if he wants to play, he's gonna be your quarterback at 41 years old or whatever it is. But a guy like Kirk Cousins could be the bridge that says, hey guys, I sold you this bullshit all off season about how we're gonna win at all costs and we'll do anything to win. That's why we went and got this guy. I'm gonna sit on my hands when he gets hurt. I don't think that's necessarily true. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyler's in the conversation. You know, so. But perhaps it's what you need to say now, not only for Zach, but for leverage and getting somebody else. Like, no hey, question. we don't need anybody else, but when we come ask him. Just be about that action, because right. at some point you're gonna look at this team and be like, damn, they're pretty good. It's a shame, they, they beat the Bills without uh Zach without without Aaron Rodgers which they 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 were really competitive in those games last year Bakhtiari had a tweet interestingly because we go back to this grass turf thing all the time and Bakhtiari was saying 
hey man, the World Cup came in and they mandated that they have to have grass. I just want to point out that while that's definitely true that I'm pro-grass and all that stuff, uh, but David's talking about the World Cup. You know, they actually, I learned this when I went over to play in London, they like the, the ball to, to skip on the pitch. So like, that's, you don't get that same skip on turf. But his point stands, you know, you could say, hey, it's hard to evaluate because it's not a non-contact injury. Of course, Salah's going to throw his hands in the air. He's not the owner. He's not going to be cutting the check for a grass field. So these coaches are in a bad spot when they get asked about it. But I think uh, if they were on grass, his front three cleats would have slid right out of the turf and Aaron Rodgers still be playing. So you can, you can put out all these intellectually dishonest uh, you know, studies about how grass is just as, or grass is just as unsafe as field turf. You're, you're, you're ignoring the compounding effect of playing on turf. You can't quantify that. Like you don't know when a guy gets hurt the next week if his joints are inflamed from playing in Detroit. You know, that sort of thing. So uh, I do think the, the field conversation is warranted. Uh, and it's a real shame because it costs the NFL money. You know, the NFL is like thinking with their pockets and maintenance and that sort of thing. And I understand in New York, there's two teams that would be hell to prepare for, like get that field ready for both teams and that sort of thing. But you are costing yourself money with these stars getting hurt on these surfaces. So you can say, hey, um, I'm not ready to fork it over. You're going to fork it over in the way of the Jets having like seven primetime games and fucking, you know, we talking about like uh, Carson Wentz or some other veteran that might show up late in the season. It's just not the same. Aaron said in August, I feel like the other night it's been one of the best services I've seen that's artificial. It's our surface, so we're going to enjoy it. That's I've my always, surface. I've always felt a little faster on turf, so I look forward to that. But I'm a fan of grass for sure. Got to admit that. I like wearing seven studs and playing on grass. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a better. I had Jay Cutler on the other day. I was, I was going to ask him, and I thought all quarterbacks thought, indoor predictable play, playing surface that sort of thing but no i think most of the guys we were talking to Jad, chad johnson on inside the nfl claims he's never been injured and his joints have never hurt he says you got to build up the calluses in his joints mm. i'm like dude you know like you're just one in a million uh but most people robert quinn is a guy i play with who probably would like turf because at the top of the rush he could dig his his cleats in the ground a lot better and run sideways on turf than on grass, but most guys prefer grass. Okay, so talking about the Jets, we're gonna spend a little bit more time on them and what, what it looks like going forward because they were my Super Bowl pick and I do believe I, I, I deserve a do-over. You get a, a read. Okay, yeah. looking back at that game, and I think we should do this every week, a Zach Wilson watch where we pick the three or four most Zach Wilson plays until he's not doing them anymore. Maybe the socials will get him to stop, but you know, like the pick, the first pick to Cobb, we talked about it, I mean, Milano's just creeping back there. There's no disguise. There's no like mugging up and bailing out. It's, I want to hit uh, Randall Cobb on the logo and Milano's standing on the fucking roof of the jet. Yeah. He's just standing not there. Not moving. Yeah. He's not moving. He throws the ball right to him. And the mechanics are what's so troubling about it. Everybody makes bad mistakes. Derek Carr threw an awful pick on Sunday. And, you know, I want to credit Zach Wilson because when they got in the red zone, although they don't trust him, it's clear. He didn't make those plays that kill you. Josh Allen made those plays. But plays like this, I'm fine once a game. If it's not the mechanics, it looked like he was trying to be Patrick Mahomes back there again. He's whipping his back leg. Uh, he's sideways, his three-quarter arm angle, and it's a clean pocket. Now, good tackle, though. 
the third and 13, they set up another screen and because the screen game got going in the second half. Milano blows that thing up. When I tell you they snapped the ball at probably 27, and this motherfucker is running backwards to the opposite 46 and burns the ball at his own 41, he probably ran 53 yards. So it's stuff like that. Just take the profit or, or live to fight another down. Hit Milano in the fucking shin with that ball. You know, um, even the fade was bad. It was bad mechanically. It was a terrible throw. It's a great chance to see Garrett Wilson make a great catch. But do the simple things right. Because he's got the arm power, the whole thing. Um, you know, I don't know if they trust Zach Wilson. I said in the red zone, I don't know if they trust him schematically. Number one, Rodgers was great with the checks. So he had a menu. He got out on the field. He made his checks. Zach Wilson, you're not going to see a lot of that. You're going to see more half-field reads, that sort of thing simplified. The RPO game was going to be a big part of what they did, and I'm not sure they want to get to it. I saw them run one RPO in the second half early on a first down, and they had the numbers on the give. Clear as day. He tosses out to the flat, and guy makes somebody miss, and they have a positive play, but it's like stuff like that. It's like, do you trust this guy to make the reads, to do the artistry type things, or is it paint by numbers for him? And if it's paint by numbers, you're going to be limited in what you do offensively. So I worry about that stuff. McVeigh and Goff, this is an interesting one. McVeigh, because of similar concerns with Goff, I guess, you know, it's a complex offense and that sort of thing. Hackett, less dance steps in his offense. But McVeigh and Goff, he used to have a situation where he'd run McVeigh, he'd run Goff out there early. He would run him out there with 15 seconds left on the play clock. So golf would be out there and you get the most time possible with the defense set so McVeigh can talk to him in the air. And at about 15 seconds in, he has sprint right, cuts off. Goff's fucked if it could. But he would tell you, you know, where to go with the ball, what the defense looks like, where the coverage is rolling, like whatever. In that 15-second period, maybe you can get Zach out there a little bit earlier to try to give him more information and play with your tempo a little bit. The problem with that, in the Super Bowl, what Bill did is he waited till 15 seconds left in the play clock and he just yeah. with him. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, not every team's gonna be multiple enough or, you know, um, good enough in their disguises to do that. So why not manipulate um, Zach's ability to read defenses by running him out there and talking to the kid? Um, on the positive side, I thought early, they schemed up some really good throws for him, some easy throws. A lot of it out of spread. Another thing is like their run game is a fucking weapon. I really do believe that. The guys inside do a great job. They like running behind Dwayne Brown and Lakin Tomlinson, but they have solid guys all over the place. And Becton played really good in the pass game. I mean, he gave up a hold uh, to Leonard Floyd. I worry about that with Micah Parsons coming uh, this, this week. But they, they ran dive solid a million times. Now, they're not creative. Uh, they'll get on the edges with some tosses and stuff at eye formation, but you got to marry that weapon up with the play-action game, and I'm worried that Zach isn't the guy for that because Zach turns back to defense. He's not an anticipatory thrower. You know, I did see him look off Teron uh, Johnson and hit, uh, I think it was uh, Uzama with, with Conklin on, in the flat, and he looked him right off, and it was a nice throw, maybe one of his best throws of the night. But when you're running play action, you got to be an anticipation guy. You got to know when your back turns to the defense, when you turn around, where are you going with it? Zach's response usually is to be a little bit indecisive 
And that's how he ends up in those situations where he's running around like a fucking chicken with his head cut off. So I, I worry about like marrying that run game, which is a real weapon for them. They almost had a 96-yard touchdown on, on, on dive solid. Um, I worry about his ability to maximize that. And one thing they have to do, and I would do it all year, screen game. Brees Hall is a weapon in the screen game. They waited to the second half to get that going. If I go to Dallas this week, I'm, gonna, I'm getting after him with the screen game. Not early. Let those guys start feeling like, oh, we can, we can win some rushes. And then hit him with the screen game. So the tackles were better. People are going to make a big deal about, um, and hey, I, was, I said, go get some insurance. I, I'd be happy to be wrong. If, if Becton looks like that every week, pretty good. Uh, Dwayne Brown can't get, you know, whoever it was knocked down. Becton can't get whoever was knocked down early, but that's on Rodgers. You got to get that ball out, not to kick a man while he's down. But the, the problem is not the protection there. The problem is not the run game. It's all going to come down to him, Zach Wilson. And so this week, you get over the 50-yard line, I would get aggressive because you're going to have to score some field goal. points. Their line. Take some shots. Yeah. But take some shots. You get over the 50, take some shots. He's not going to hurt you throwing a pick at the 30. But you get in the red zone, be a little bit more conservative. But the way they played was so conservative. I'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive. And then this week, when they played the Cowboys, watch the Giants, your Giants. I don't know if you want to do this, but the first drive of that game, they were moving people with doubles. I mean, hat on a hat, two hats on a hat there. They were moving people. You can do that to Dallas inside. And I would be scheming up Brees Hall matchups in the pass game, mixing some draws, fuck with these guys a lot. And I would be careful with play action and pull protection because these guys are so vertical in their attack. The most important question for me is this. If you're the Jets, are you the alpha D-line? Because that's all we talked about all offseason. This Jets D-line, I talked about him, Will McDonald, Huff, the edges, the guys on the edge, Jermaine Johnson. You can't just win with power and cave the pockets. You've got to come off and win some rushes. The guys inside are studs, but I'm kind of worried that the guys outside are good, not great players. And that's fine. But you need somebody outside to step up and win rushes. Because we've been talking all about him. I would move John Franklin Myers outside. If you don't have a guy outside that can win, take the mismatch. So with Tyron Smith, it doesn't matter. I would just move him outside. I'd move somebody big outside and create a mismatch. So like that's my plan if I'm the Jets. And I actually think they can hang in this game. We'll talk about it with Steve. Jets defense on the back end, got to have a great day. And the thing about the Dallas Cowboys I want to see is consistency. I think we're going to talk about that with Steve a little bit. But like, yeah, you blew somebody out. You've done it before. And you do it again. And I hate only talking about things from the Jets' point of view, but a week ago that team looked totally different, so we had to spend more time on that, on that game, which I would count as one of my top-tier games. And what do we call on that? The today? Adria Fox, Adria uh, Fox. Uh, tier. Okay. So, yeah, so we got the number one tier here is, is, is uh, New York at Dallas. I'm really excited about this game. Battle of the Unbeatens. Exactly. <laughs> Can't say that about, uh, well, half the teams in the NFL. Cowboys 40 to nothing over the Giants. They're a nine-point favorite at home. The total is 38.5. It really, it, it really looks like 23-14. I mean, it really does. I, and I, honestly, I think the Jets can go in there and beat them. But if Zach Wilson throws a bunch of picks or he looks terrible... I didn't – if he does that, they're not going to beat him. But if he plays a clean game, they can beat the, the Dallas Cowboys. They can do that. And it would be a huge win for them to say, hey, guys, like, 
we're different than last year. We're not a seven-win team. We're not an eight. We're an off-season better. We've got more young players. Zach's got another off-season under his belt. We're going to talk about the Falcons later. Taylor Heineke. People were throwing Taylor Heineke's name around. Taylor's not going to be for sale. Wait till we get to the Falcons. Uh, if you're riding with Zach Wilson, don't bring a Carson Wentz in. Don't bring a fucking RG3 off the, out of the booth, right? Um, Bill Rivers. Yeah. Bring in a guy who can win you games. Because I think if it gets to that, you're going to want a much different look. Tom Brady. I, I would. And this is, Tom Brady owns an NFL team, right? He's a minority owner in the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You can't play and be a minority owner. So I, I don't think the Tom Brady thing's real at all. Unless Tom hates the Patriots now so much that, uh, that he wants to play for the Jets. Also, I don't think Tom would be the best guy for the job. We saw it last year. Like Tom kind of, I'm not saying he fell off a cliff, but I would go get a Kirk Cousins who would run that offense perfectly. Now you'd have to play with the cap a little bit, but that would be my, in my heart of hearts, the number one choice for me if I had to make a move. What's your favorite work from Adra Fox? Um, it all runs together. <laughs> <laughs> she was great in that. I don't watch. Yeah. Um, all right, so tier, tier, tier one continues. The Age of Fox tier continues. We have, I'm not going to say that name a bunch. Okay. I'm hoping if my wife's in the car, the kids are screaming the first time I said it, and then we're, we're out of the woods, right? Jags Chiefs. Okay, Jags Chiefs. Jags beat the Colts by 10. Chiefs, of course, lost on opening night to the Lions, Darius Tony, et cetera. Chiefs favored by three and a half on the road. Excited about this game. Excited about this game. I feel like the Jags had to feel. I know like people looked at that playoff game like, oh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. That's when he, he had that high boy, his uh, ankle turn on him. And, you know, that's fair. It definitely threw the Chiefs for a loop a little bit. But the Jags have everything they need to hang with this group. I mean, the biggest concern for me is inside. You know, you've got some injuries there. And, you know, Chris Jones is back. If it's any indication, like, look at how Nick Bosa played. If Chris Jones plays, looks half that good off a holdout, I think they'll be very happy. And if you look at that defense against the, the Lions, I didn't think they played that bad. I mean, they gave up a little bit in the run game. Obviously, you're down your best player, and Detroit's really good at this. Uh, but I thought they looked competitive, and Steve is going to heat up Trevor Lawrence and that sort of thing. He was aggressive in the divisional round last year. I thought Doug Peterson called a great game. They came out, they went to the screen game. Uh, they, 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 they did gap scheme runs. They kind of used Kansas City's aggression against them. And they picked up the blitz well. Trevor got the ball out. They did a good job with Chris Jones. Again, Shatley's up. We could see Tyler Shatley all over himself he if, could, if Fortner <laughs> and Sheriff yeah, yeah. don't play. Chris Jones lining up. Yeah. Code Brown. So, uh, and that, so, so I, I like to remind people one time I was on vacation and I heard the pool people uh, on the walkie talk, Code Brown. And uh, somebody had shit in the pool. Uh, but in this situation, it might be Shatley and it running down his leg. Um, yeah, Fort, Fortner didn't practice. Uh, and I think one thing we learned in 2017, that team I, I was lucky enough to be a part of, Doug's really good at having the next man up. You know, like we lost a number of really good players that year, the injury, and the guys that stepped in, stepped in really admirably. And some of them got big contracts. Big V, backing up Jason Peters. This was like seven years ago, right? Yeah. Jason Peters just got a job in Seattle. 
Yeah. Okay. Guy's still playing. But Big V goes and gets paid in Detroit. That was the beginning of his career, so to speak. There were a bunch of guys that stepped up for Darren Sproles. A number of guys got hurt that year. Now, this total's 51. Yeah. Nearly two tutties higher than the previous game we discussed. Yeah, and I feel like this could be an under kind of game. I think the Chiefs come out and play pretty well. Here's what I think needs to happen. If you're Jacksonville, I just have this picture burned in my brain from I think it was 2018, the beginning, beginning of the season. This was like their biggest home win in the last five, seven years, I feel like. New England came to town. They got after him. The place was nuts, dude. Duval was going crazy. Uh, you had uh, the rushers winning. It was just truly a beehive kind of situation. Walk into a hornet's nest. That's what it looked like. It needs to be like that this game. I don't think either team's real happy with how they played. You know, Jacksonville let the Colts hang around. They got to put those guys away, the whole thing. I'm sure both teams going to be charged up and ready and this is probably the best game of the week i led with the jets because it's the most topical but um for the chiefs i think they need to get these running backs loose in the passing game i think that's going to be a big key for them find find ways that they can get mckinnon out there isolated in bad matchups pacheco who i didn't think had a lot of touches on on monday or thursday it was um, and, and I do worry about Donovan Smith. I, I think at some point we're going to say, ah, oh, shit. You know, you got a little bit of an issue at left tackle. Uh, Juwan Taylor, he didn't play by the rules. I think he's actually a pretty decent player. I thought he did a decent job on Hutchinson. Now, you'll never be able to say for sure because he had a fucking head start. So much so that they kicked Hutchinson down inside a lot, and Hutchinson looked really good inside. So, um, Juwan Taylor... And, and Donovan Smith have to have good games because these these rushers, these young guys are going to be charged up. Trayvon Walker had a nice rush with a little long arm uh, over the weekend, a little power pull, and then uh, Josh Allen started hot. So uh, these guys got to win. I like those matchups, and I think Doug did a great job the last time they played these guys in, in scheming things up. Calvin Ridley, what's your answer? You know, um, Sneed, I don't know. like uh, Sino. Oh, the casino, yeah. Uh, <laughs> another thing to look at is Christian Kirk. He had three targets in the slot last week. So do you get him going? Uh, the Chiefs gave up a lot, a lot of yards to slot, def- slot receivers last year. And it's time to say, guess who got good? Seven Ingram. He doesn't drop the ball anymore. You like him? Yeah. You're, I might do that with Tua later this week. I think I already did. He's Good. Five targets, five catches. Evan Ingram's good. Evan Ingram's a good that tight end. That feel cathartic? Yeah. yeah. You know? He is good. He's just not your prototypical tight end. Kind of like a tweener. Fix um, the drop thing. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're more than serviceable. Yep, yep. And, and, and here's the other thing for the Jags. You got to hit your shots. Last year, you know, in the second quarter, they had a, a shot to Kirk that they just missed. Ten-point ball game. They get a field goal out of that drive, but... You're going to have to cash in with touchdowns. You're going to have to hit your shots. So I actually, I, I think Jacksonville hangs in this thing. And I think the pressure is actually on KC. So as, as hard as Doug's going to get them ready to play Saturday night before he says, you know, I'm going to treat you some haagen They're both doing it, him and Andy Reid. I'm going to treat you cheeseburgers, ice cream. But their attitude has to be a little looser than Kansas City. You have to take advantage of the fact that Kansas City is probably going to be a little tight. You know, this is a big game for them. Travis Kelsey's coming back. Those guys know how to turn 
a tight situation into a motivation thing. There's a lot of guys that haven't been there. How does Rasheed Rice respond? How do some of these young defenders respond? George Karloftis, who's going to have a good good chance to take advantage of a, a tackle who had trouble last week. He's he's got to have a big game. These guys can't go out there tight. And if you're Jacksonville, you got to play loose and fucking intense at the same time, which says, seems like an oxymoron. But in football, if you've been on a team that that's in the right mindset, it's like you're coming to our house. We have nothing to lose, but we're playing for everything. And that's how they got to play. And I remember 2018 thinking about this game. Cincy's hosting Baltimore. Last week it was Browns 24, Bengals 3. Joey Burr got a haircut after 14 of 31. No TDs. Ravens got by the Texans 25-9. Don't know that we learned a whole lot about Baltimore in that one. Bengals favored by 3.5 at home. So the Ravens offense just needs to get cleaned up here. I think that's the biggest thing I'm watching for is, you know, obviously the injuries are going to affect them. Stanley um they had they had an interior lineman hurt as well linderbaum linderbaum the young kid dobbins Dobbins obviously out for the year these are huge blows humphrey's out that's a big one you know because if humphrey's is out and and that's an if at this point right marcus williams is out for sure but humphrey's is on the fence if humphrey's you know is is out what are you gonna put rockison and some help on jamar chase and uh you'd have Ronald Darby out there as your second corner and Darb's my dude, but it's been seven years since I've seen him play in person. I mean, seen him play for the commanders and that sort of thing, but like he was a good man corner back in the day, but like this is a big test. And so, you know, it's the injuries. It's, hey, I want to see OBJ get going. Their spacing was bad offensively. I know how you are about spacing. Don't watch that game. Um, and, and no hots versus blitz. So, like, I want to see that offense get rolling. I want to see what they're about. And I don't think, to be fair to this offense, they plan on going into week one without their number one weapon, and that's Mark Andrews. And that's something that flew under the radar last week. It was a late injury, and it was an injury in a game that a lot of people weren't watching. But with Zay Flowers coming on. Nine for 78 on 10 targets. He's a great man beater. And if you, there was a chart that I saw this week that, that laid out first read, uh, shares like basically like you know the percentage of time that a quarterback is looking at one receiver for their first read and Zay Flowers was by far almost I mean, he was the I mean two out of three times Lamar drops back his first read is Zay Flowers so he's going to get action uh, Mark Andrews will be back and and also Lamar Jackson's got to hurt him with their legs if they're going to play a bunch of man like they did last week He's got to hurt him with their legs, with his legs, when he gets into 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 problems. And for the Bengals, they have to take advantage of these these injuries. Hendrickson, Reader, these are guys that have good matchups. So Joe Burrow, the offense man, like I'm just gonna set it and forget it. They could look bad again this week. We've gotten to the point now with them that we think the first month of the season they're sleeping. It was raining. Yep. Joe didn't have a preseason, and he never plays well against the Browns. Yeah, he he usually plays well against the Ravens. So three and a half. And I feel enticing. good. It is enticing. It's enticing. I buy to three and roll with the, uh, the Bengals. New England hosting Miami Sunday night in Foxborough. Uh, Patriots give the Eagles a good game in week one. Dolphins, of course, in the barn burner with the Chargers. Dolphins favored by a field goal. Okay. I, I can't wait to see this game. This is going to be a lot of fun. I just think 
one of the most resourceful coaches in the league uh, in Bill Belichick. You know, obviously that defense is going to be a problem for teams this year against probably the most highly powered offense in the league. There's speed everywhere. And in the first matchup last year, and this was like early into his tenure with Mike McDaniels, they did a good job of keeping the points down. They, before the half, I think they were down 10 nothing, And, uh, you know, Waddle, fourth and seven, and McDaniels steals a score before the half to go up 17 nothing, And that's not how the Patriots want to play. And they did the same thing last week before the half. I think McDaniels went for it on like fourth and five. They were able to steal a possession. In fact, they, then they went and kicked a field goal after the Chargers scored. So they were guarding against the two for one and ended up having to go back out there again. So McDaniel uh, is just, he's a, he's a risk taker. He's, he, he, he puts his money where his mouth is in that regard. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of risks he takes this week. I think the Pats defense has to be ready to get tested deep. They did not get tested deep last week. We talked about that with the Eagles. Uh, press man's going to be a part of the game plan. Just make sure you have safety help over the top and isolate those tackles. This is a big one. Okay, like Bill is one of the best things Bill does, and there's a long list of them, is he finds the weakness and he makes that weakness a big part of the game plan, which sounds simple, but it's like, you know, you think, oh, there's a bad offensive line. We're going to rush for and we're going to get after him. You guys got to go win. Well, Bill will be like, I don't like the right tackle. Let's run a bunch of pick stunts. Let's, let's, let's isolate this guy. Let's fuck with his eyes. And the focal point, whereas Brandon Staley's out there, you know, uh, you know, blitzing, you know, just generally bringing an extra man or that sort of thing. I think Bill's a lot more personnel specific with the areas of the field and the people on offense that he wants to put in a bind as a product of bringing pressure. So like, what's he gonna do to fuck with these tackles? Cause I think they got let off the hook last week. You know, you go into a game like that, if you're the Chargers, I can hear it now in the defensive room. We cannot let these guys off the hook. And they did, they let them off the hook. For the Pats, it's gonna be finding that balance offensively between a passive clock chewing offense, which is just like, we're gonna play keep away. And we're doing that, but we're taking our shots and we're trying to get a couple explosive plays mixed in there. That's the way you got to do it. You can't just say, hey, we're just going to run the ball and keep up with these guys. Um, I, think, I think this is going to be a, a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a close ball game. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think Tua is going to get tested in a way that he didn't get tested last week. Because, you know, Pats did a pretty good job the first time they played. They kept the, the yardage and the points down. Falcons are favored by a point and a half at home over the Green Bay Packers. Falcons, five of their first six at home, technically they're the home team. One of them's going to be overseas, but they, uh, the scheduling gods did them well, getting Ritter and company, the Panthers in week one, 24-10, and the Packers beat the brakes off. The Bears, Jordan Love looked great. Dude, I absolutely like, I don't absolutely love them. I absolutely like the Packers. <laughs> yeah, our boy Scotty Trill was peppering us all offseason. And you just want to be careful because you got to see Jordan Love play. Yep. And it was the Bears. But I thought he looked good. I think the guy looks good. We were having this conversation uh, about Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers on Inside the NFL, and Channing Crowder was like, if a donkey stands in the field with a bunch of horses, does he turn into a horse? Because he was talking about Zach Wilson being in the meeting room with... Uh, with uh, I think the answer to that is no. The answer is no. He's still a donkey, but I'll tell you who kind of looks like a horse right now is Jordan Love. Uh, 
So, you know, like spending a lot of time with Aaron Rodgers, taking their time with this kid, week two is going to be a bigger test, right? Um, I think the Falcons got some some nice rushers. They got an experienced secondary. Bates picked, uh, picked uh, you know, our, our guy uh, Bryce Young's pocket twice. Um, they, it, it will be a test, and it's on the road. That's a loud place. But I'll tell you what, the Packers' defense up front is fucking fun. They are really evenly distributed. They have guys inside that win. They have guys outside that win. They're stout against the run. They move people a lot. You know, in Chicago, really struggle with some of the movement up front. I think this is going to be a fun matchup, man. You the Falcons front, the offensive line, they move in concert. They do everything well together. That running game. Bijan Robinson, we were talking about this earlier. Who does he remind you of? How does he run? I think he what makes him different is like his lower third is like spindly in a way that, you know, his joints move. He, he, he can run full speed and upright and make those same cuts that other people have to lower their pad level to make these jump cuts. He's not like a wide base Saquon Barkley cutter. This guy is just like, I don't know, the galloping ghost. Who was that the first time? Don't recall. This guy's just galloping around, man. And change in direction, direction at the second level at full speed. So that touchdown last week, awesome, was incredible, awesome. Sits the guy in the flat down, vice tackle, nah. And that's he's red green. The crack of the red door. Grange. Red Grange. Old galloping. Yeah, goes. he's he's yeah he's like the new Red Grange. So and Algiers a great two with a one two great punch. Two man, great two brings a different skill set to the party. You want two backs to vary their styles of play, right? Like you. you that's a real tough thing for, I'll look up, be so worried about the call and that sort of thing and the personnel, and I'll look out there right before the snap, and if I'm lucky, I'll see Algier. But you should know, as a defensive lineman, it's your last thing on your checklist, like which running backs in the game, what kind of stuff they like to run with this guy. It's really nice to have two guys that, that have different skill sets, and they do it really well. So I think it's going to be a great game. People might not be talking about this game, and I mentioned Heineke earlier. I don't know when we're going to see him because I don't. I, I just am not a big Desmond Ritter guy. I just say that now. Um, we've talked about it. I kind of think this, this is one of those teams that has the best team with the biggest question mark at quarterback just coming into the season. So I think it's a good football team. I think they have the bones of a playoff team. Now, is Ritter going to process faster because he looks sluggish out there? Indecisive. And Heineke is not indecisive. Flip side of the coin, right? He's got a little of that Brett Favre in him. So... You know, how do you want to win if the Jets sent somebody sent something down for Heineke and I'm the Falcons? Nah, I'm trying to win. And I might need this guy a month. So it's going to be an interesting game. Jordan Love looked good. That Packers front's serious. And, uh, and this one might get hidden. Aaron Jones didn't practice Wednesday. Christian Watson didn't practice Wednesday. Romeo Dobbs was limited. Eldon Jenkins didn't practice. So Packers are a little banged up. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs is tired from from nearly beating me in fantasy last week. Yeah. Talk about twisting the knife. That's the number one guy on my round eight and later <laughs> big board. And the new guy in the league took him, said, fuck you in the chat. I don't even think he got it. I love the guy. But yeah, there's injuries for the package you got to worry about, especially because Aaron Jones is such a bad matchup for some of those guys in the second level. Uh, he was killing linebackers last week. So uh, we'll see. All right, that's the top tier. Mid tier is the Corey Chase tier. Corey Chase tier. I like that. Corey Chase. A good call. Just a reliable tier. Reliable. Just older. <laughs> <laughs> High motor. Okay. 
we got the Chargers and the Titans. Now, this was nearly an Adrian Fox. Okay, Chargers and Titans. I think it's going to be interesting this week because when I look at these two coaches, they're like on opposite ends of the spectrum for me. I think of Brandon Staley respectfully as having done the least with the most. Okay, like since he's been there. And I do think at some point soon, remember last year we were talking about his seat hot. You lose a couple more of these games as a defensive coach where you're just letting people score 40 points. I know it's not happening every week, but it's not the way you want to get out of the gate. Yeah. And it doesn't show improvement over the last time they played the Miami Dolphins like eight months ago or whatever it was. Like it wasn't that long ago. And the pieces aren't that different. So bad, bad game week one. What are they going to do? The, the challenge is totally different. Stylistically, you get like greatest show on turf one week, and then you get like Paul Johnson and Georgia Tech the next week. Like these guys, Brable on the other end of the spectrum is the coach that gets the most out of the least. I always talk about that Kansas City game last, last year. But take your pick. They, the chips have been down for them. Ryan Tannehill cannot play another game like he played last week. Well, and to his credit, he said that he's flushed this one and that he's on to San Diego. Yeah. Which does not have a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I've moved on. <laughs> Don't worry, I've moved on. Uh, yeah, he just he missed the throws that could have put him up. He threw the bad picks. The run game, though, and some interesting note here with Tennessee is I want to track how much they're playing Derrick Henry. I think he took over 60% of the snaps last year. Last week, he split time with this young cat, Beers. And, and, and you know, I think he was down around 40% of the workload. And so, you know, like, how are they going to use him? Um, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Chargers favored by three in Nashville. And the Chargers passing game... I think they should be favored. I actually like the Chargers here. I think they're going to overcome. They just seem like a stay away. It is a stay away, they, but if I had to. Until they prove it. Just well, move to two and a half. Yeah, okay, so move two and a half. Maybe take the Chargers. But, um, you know, the Eagles played the Titans last year, and they took a bunch of shots. And look at the matchups you have out here. You have a size matchup over McCrary, uh, and then you've got a speed matchup on the other side with Murphy Bunning, no matter who's over there. So, um I like the Chargers in this situation just because of the back end. I think this is the week they can, like, last, last week I think their passing attack was better than people give it credit for because it got so overshadowed by the guy in the same draft class, and they chose to run the football. This is the week that Kellen Moore can cook a little bit, and we'll look up and say, okay, that's the vertical passing attack that we were looking for, and the results, not just the efforts. Like, I think they'll get results. Big-headed Detroit Lions are hosting the – Offensive tackle list, Seattle Seahawks. Lines moving down. Lines favored by four and a half. But you said it. Offensive tackle list, Seahawks. And this is, this is terrible because just two weeks ago we were talking about Seahawks as being contenders. And they still could be contenders, but Abe Lewis is on IR. Cross hasn't played, uh, or he did play. He hasn't practiced. The problem is, like, as good as it was to have those two tackles, it's the exact opposite to have to roll into week two with these two guys. I mean, Geno Smith, poor guy, had such a great year last year throwing the football. Trots out there this this year, and, and now he's going to be under siege a little bit. And, you know, like we talked about Aiden Hutchinson, he was so good inside. He looked like fucking Keith Millard in there. You know who that is? Yeah, Keith Millard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was funny. I put on – I was on Aiden's IG, and he had, like, posted some, some, uh, some highlights, and I was like, you look like Keith Millard in there. I'm like, there's no way he knows who Keith Millard is. 
Keith Millard had 18 and a half sacks. White three technique. So, you know, I think Hutch can stay outside and win some rushes, get into a, a rhythm this week because you got some fishes out there possibly. Jason Peters on the roster but not going to play. Um, and you got to get the run game going for Seattle. 18 times they ran the ball last week. Uh, Seahawks run a lot of zone. They ran a lot of zone last week at least. And then, um, you know, like Goff did a tremendous job against zone, relatively speaking, last week against the Chiefs. So, you know, the Lions don't have the guys really to separate and man, especially if you get like, I don't know if Witherspoon's coming back or or what, but like, man these guys up, man. And the rushers got to get home. They did not get home enough last week. I think that's that's what you got to watch for. And, and from Detroit's side of things, I would have Gibbs and Laporta on the field all the time. Matchup problems, especially together. Uh, somebody is going to be on a linebacker, and uh, and that's that's good for Detroit. So I lean Detroit in this situation because of the tackles. Two rookie quarterbacks, two rookie head coaches. The Texans are about a point favorite at home against the Colts. This is just going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. This wouldn't be in the, it would not be in the Corey Chase tier unless it was for the fact that we had two exciting young rookie quarterbacks. You know, like, I know Stroud did some good things last week. I think D'Amico's done a really good job with this defense. They're, they're better than you think. Will Anderson, we talked about his rush. We talked about Grenard. We talked about uh, the secondary. The Colts, man, they're exciting. They're out there fucking running wishbones. Spikeman's got them doing all types of different shit. Just keep this big guy upright. You know, he exited the game last week with a, a knee bruise. It's his first day at the office. Maybe pump the brakes a little bit on getting this kid tattooed you look at a head coach on the sidelines i feel like i can tell if, if they're a head coach or not like a rich co-type yeah was never sold yeah you know yeah uh todd bowles i don't know who's a guy that you were wrong about by his appearance um like for me ryan leaf zach taylor and we Hall don't we still don't know over zach over ryan leaf i'm talking about coaches yeah zach taylor is a guy who we're not sure at the, we're we're not sure again <laughs> uh but like well brandon staley it's like all right little tech nerd he's gonna get it done no i didn't i wasn't buying it because he's not nerdy enough he's straddling the line between being like this analytical guy and and trying to be an alpha at the same time you just got to be mike mcdaniel my conclusion here D'Amico ryan's looks like a head coach looked comfortable mike mcdaniel's in troll mike mcdaniel's over there hitting his vape watching anime you know like <laughs> he's just fucking different bird like just be a different bird uh be yourself but anyways, yeah, I'm. I'm oh, careful, uh, Matt Nagy. Be yourself. <laughs> well, also Jonathan Gannon. Be yourself, but I want killers. You. Do you know that Monday night? Did you drive here? Did I drive here? Yeah. Did I drive here? Yeah. I drove here. Okay. Show of hands. Who drove here? I spent the night at the facility Sunday night wow. here. Yeah. Coach, I didn't drive here. I slept here. Uh, but I love both these uh, these these rookie head coaches. I'm rooting for them both and. I like both the quarterbacks. They were probably my two favorite, I'll, I'll admit, until I saw Bryce Young throw the ball around in preseason. I, I like him too. Uh, but I love Anthony Richardson with the upside. So let me see it again. Because when the game was in phase, I think I, I think it's, it's a different kind of challenge. You're two scores down to the Jags and you're trying to make up uh, points and that sort of thing. The game opens up in a different way. This game's going to be tight. I want to see how these guys. Buffalo's hosting the Raiders. Raiders out. Raiders beat God's team, the Denver Broncos. Here's Buffalo's favored by eight and a half. Here's the blowout. We're going to talk about it with Steve, so I want to save a little bit of this, but 
Josh Allen's got to go out and say, okay, this is a 35 mile per hour zone. You know, just in the beginning of the game, like let's, I fucked let's, up. You know what? Yeah, you, Easter egg. That's an Easter egg. Yeah, I fucked up. Let let I'm playing the Raiders and Jimmy G. They're a good football team, but you're you're back home. It's what a, a one o'clock game, right? Um, the Raiders the, might not be a good football. Jump team. this West Coast team. The Raiders the are not a good football yeah. team. I bet the under win total last week. God's team let me down. So God's um, team let a lot of people down last. They let a lot of people down. Onside kick. The one cool. matchup of this game that I want to see is Crosby and Spencer Brown. If Crosby can get on Spencer Brown, he's gonna have a good day. And I'm no disrespect to my dog Spencer Brown, but I think this is a tough matchup for him. And I think if you look up and down the line, like there's not a lot of help on the way outside of Max Crosby. So if you want one guy that might be able to keep them in the game, it'd be Max Crosby, especially if the Bills are an empty and that sort of thing where. Like Josh is not like a an empty quarterback where he's just like he's gonna hit the the hot real quick or he's gonna get the ball out. Like when they get in these empty sets and there's no help for a Spencer Brown or they get in some situation where you got a one on one, you got to win them. Rams smoke the Seahawks. Niners smoke the Steelers. Niners are favored by eight points in L.A. Okay, so to set the table, in 2016 the 49ers went two and fourteen. You know who they beat? The Rams. Twice. Okay. Uh, I think that he's something, McVeigh, something like three and nine against Shanahan. Like, yeah. it's just as good as McVeigh is the week one. We talked about that last week against the spread, all that stuff. And he's great against Shanahan, Carroll. Shanahan's, yeah. It, the way the Rams are great against Seattle, yeah. the Niners are great against the Rams. And, like, the Rams, while they, they pass the test going on the road to win, now can they win at home on the road? Because the Niners are like 70% of the tickets in this thing. The Niners are wearing like red. So, I mean, like it's going to feel like a home game for the Niners. And the Niners are not a team that gets fat and happy. They just, they're good at like bullying teams when they get on these runs. And um, I, I think it's going to be interesting because you can't pick on a corner if you're, if you're the Rams. I don't think they'll run as much zone where you just let Matt Stafford do what he does back there. Um, Puka Nakua yeah. is a guy I can't wait to see play again. He's going to probably be on Lenore. And uh, you got to run the ball if you're the Rams. You know, like you won that game, but Akers, a guy who I thought you were going to trade like two years ago, is your starting running back. Sort of. The <laughs> Notre Dame kid. Was... Yeah, Notre Dame kid's pretty good. Yeah. But like, it, it's just, this is going to be one of those games where it'll be interesting to see where the handle is at the end of the week, like from a gambling standpoint. Are people buying the Rams? Like, look how enticing this is. That's a lot of fucking points there yeah. on that TV screen there. But I know that Vegas wants you on the Rams at home. The Niners are going to roll. Bottom tier. Oh, and do you remember when Christian McCaffrey got there last week and 10 days later he just killed the Rams? So, like, you, this whole thing, most of these games, I think all but one – in Shanahan's impressive record against McVay is without Christian McCaffrey. Also, two teams that were in the fucking NFC Championship two years ago. Look how different the outlook is for these two teams. And you can point to a lot of things, but one of them is Brock Purdy. This motherfucker, I talked about him, I think, on Rich Eisen's show this week, and I said this, and I mean it. In two years, I bet you we're talking about him as a top-ten quarterback. I looked at a power rankings of quarterbacks, whatever the fuck that means, today and he was like 23rd this guy's a good football player i'm not saying he's elite 
you know, but he, 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 let's not hold the weapons against him as I've done with Tua before, holding the weapons against him. I think Brock Purdy is, is in a different way the perfect fit for this offense. What are we calling the bottom tier games this week? Uh, bottom tier is going to be, and no offense to Sarah J. Respectfully to Respectfully. Sarah J. She's a veteran presence right now. She's, she's like an STL Memorial Award winner. I mean, she's just doing, her, she's doing the work. You know, um, when they say it matters what you're doing when nobody's watching? Yeah. Sarah J. And nobody's watching these games. STL okay? Memorial, that's sexually transmitted love, baby. Okay. What? Ah. <laughs> well, we'll start with Bears and Bucks. Okay. Bears. Stomped by the Packers last week. Here's the thing with the Bears, man. Bucks got the Vikings. Here's the thing with the Bears, Okay. They've lost 11 straight games. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, the last win was the Pats game that I happened to, to bet like enormously. 33-14? Oh, yeah, dude. I was like, oh, the Pats are going to win this game. And little did I know this would be the only game the Bears would win uh, October 24th until now. Like, we're getting dangerously close to a calendar year of losing. And, you know, like it felt like the back half of last year, everybody was jacked about the Bears because they were looking at it through the future like the lens, like what could be. And you come out there on Sunday and you get embarrassed at home. It's like almost worse to lose at home like that. Um, the well, silence is deafening. You can hear every mean thing that the fans are saying to you. Like that guy the in the fourth row who's like, you know, hit the dig, you fucking idiot. Like <laughs> Justin Fields can hear that. And, you know, like this week, Justin Fields is like, eh, we didn't throw the ball downfield. And somebody asked him why. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. But I turned the tape on. And while Justin Fields did not have a bad, bad, bad day where he was just spraying the ball, he was, he was just looking right past downfield options to hit the check down. So I don't know if it's one of these things where he's like, hey, take the check down, take the check down, live to, to fight another day. But like, I need to see him more aggressive. You might as well go out on your sword. I'm not saying he's going out, but I'm saying like if things aren't going to go well, give yourself a shot to play yourself into it. Because the underneath stuff, this team's not good enough to win just throwing smoke screens and swing passes. Okay, I like the Roshan Johnson kid. I saw him run somebody over. Rudy Ford, I love this young running back. I think they got a great running back room. I love Darnell Wright. He looked really good on Sunday. Looked really good, Be beaten in time, uh, inside a couple times. But, you know, you've got to take some shots. There was a touchdown to Mooney. Get him involved, man. You know, like, take your shots. Um, and, and the vibes are bad, so I hear, in Chicago right now. And after a bad loss like that week one, it's different when you're like my St. Louis Rams team. I talked about when we lost 38-3 my rookie year in Philly. You're kind of like, well, I thought we were bad. Like, when you get on the bus, <laughs> like, I heard the vets talking about us not being very good. But in Chicago, like, this is like, we're supposed to be building. And it's a major, major step back. And Claypool's effort on that screen, that's made the rounds. It's just a bad vibe. So I think, I think Tampa riding high in this situation has, has the, the mental edge on the Bears. But I think the Bears are, are still, they have some good players on this team. I think they're going to be better than they were last week. The question is, when Todd Bowles heats up uh, Justin Fields, is Justin going to hurt him with his legs? Because I could see him, you know, last year he'd be anemic throwing the ball, but he'd break off one 60-yard run. Yeah. You need a couple of those this week. 
Not going to talk about Tampa's offense. Just rooting for Baker Mayfield. I like the guy. Giants are at the Cardinals. Boy, the, uh, the Cardinals almost ruined a lot of people's survivor pools last what week. What can you say about this game? Now, I think the Giants are better than they showed on Monday night, and I don't think the I Cardinals are as good as, as they showed to be in Washington. Uh, but look for uh, an ugly game. Look for it on the, on the highlights. Right. <laughs> don't watch this game. But five targets for Darren Waller, that's got to go up. Yep. And that is my breakdown of this game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and it was 100 to nothing pretty early on. Yep. But all the more reason to find yep. Darren Waller. Yep. Commanders are at the Broncos. Broncos favored by three and a half. So it's like early for Denver to be in a Sarah J game. You know, like, <laughs> isn't it? Reed, I mean, you just walked out of the room for the breakdown of the, the Broncos. But like... They're supposed to be this team that's getting better, and it just looked like more of the same last week. And um, you know, all I can say is, um, you know, if they start with with Raiders and Commanders losses, yeah, it's going to be a long year. Yep. I mean, and 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 thank God they play in Denver and not New York or something like that, where it's a first take, you know, machine. These big market teams like. Denver, if they lose this week, is going to be a huge topic in your news cycle. The average depth of target for for Russell Wilson, and I talked about getting the ball out quicker and all that, but it was five yards. Like the guy, he's like Deuce Vaughn. He drowned in a rainstorm back there, and so like I think Justin Fields was about three and a half too. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, give him some some looks that he's comfortable with to mix in. I'm not saying go all the way and turn it into this three three-step drop offense i'm really excited on the other side to see terry mclaurin and sertan if that's the matchup that's going to be a lot of fun um i'm not going to talk too much about this game either all right let's get to stanford steve and, and talk a little college football give our locks out and uh yeah thanks to cash app for sponsoring this podcast with their security free to order debit card and a suite of savings and bank tools it feels like they're my money's bff and speaking of BFFs, if you pay attention to the podcast, you know that all of our BFFs are on the Green Light Softball Squad. We're into softball so much that Dr. Fax challenged me to a home run derby. Matt and Reed put a little side bet on it, and after Fax came out on top, it was easy enough for Matt to pay up and cash app Reed his winnings. I wish I could have defeated Dr. Fax and helped Matt take Reed's money, but Reed's now slightly richer thanks to Dr. Fax and cash app. With security, discounts, boosts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees. Cash App is like a BFF for your money. So download it in the App Store or Google Play today and start enjoying your BFF app. I hate buying tickets. I've been playing my whole life, never had to worry about buying tickets. The ticket part is stressful. The game's stressful. The ticket part's really stressful. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And with the Game Time app, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. If I'm trying to see the monster trucks for my kids or Willie Nelson for me and my kids, I can find it all in the Game Time app. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Little Caesars is a mainstay on game day here at Greenlight. We order online one hour before NFL games during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, so we're ready for some football and fun. It's a pizza pizza win. And you can win too by choosing your favorite Little Caesars pizza or customizing your favorite Little Caesars toppings and then ordering and using Little Caesars convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So on game days, order from Little Caesars Meet up with your buddies and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Pizza, pizza. Steve, Scott Van Pelt just called while we were uh, waiting to start the show, and he was giving me a bunch of shit about Virginia and uh, Maryland up in College Park. He was asking me if I'm going, and the answer is no way. Oh. Why not? Well... College Park is is worse than Blacksburg. Yeah, I'd rather go wow. to a game for yeah. real. Come on. No, nah, Blacksburg's got the mountains and shit, you cow guys, pastures. Yeah, Maryland's got a, a plastic turtle shell in the end zone. <laughs> nice new video board. Great tailgate scene. Yeah. Great tailgate scene. A lot scene. of parking well, lots. I kind of wanted to see Charlotte win, my guy Biff Pogey, so hopefully we, we can avenge that loss. Uh, but I'm not going to drive three hours to to College Park and get home at three in the morning uh, for a Virginia game until they show me a little something. Just, there's a thing called hotels. You know? Yeah, you're right. I just can't stay there long. Good golly, the line's 14 and a half. Is it 14 and a half? Yes, it is. Jeez okay, Louise. well, talking gambling. Making sounds good. Talking gambling. Hey, listen. All right, listen, real quick. All right, the two-and-a-half-year-old puked twice, so then she comes into my bed. Mom's in the nursery with the baby, mm-hmm. and then there's like a big cough, big cough, and like I turn to be like, Are you good? You all right? And then she says, yeah, and then another big cough, and boom, puke right in my face. Boom. Yeah, so Just puke all over my face. We got to have in the studio today, patient zero. Did you get the smell off or no? The That's smell the wasn't worst. bad. You she can't had, ever get the smell off. She had got, the bad smell was the first one, second mm-hmm. one was watery. Was, yeah, third yeah. one we were. But Macon, just, just let's cut to the chase here. We got to talk about last weekend. Hey, Steve. Yeah. 0-3 Steve. Do you understand the 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 assignment with uh, three locks? Fucking yeah. professional gambler. Are you hey. serious? 0-3? It ain't been pretty. I'll tell you that. Good the golly. 3-0 right here, baby. Leader of the pack. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I went against Chris and two of them. So. Yeah. Well, you, you took we Pittsburgh counting, from me, and I'm pushes? really happy about yeah. it. Yeah. So I helped Chris not get push? a loss. So. It's like a half. The There's a push. Eagles Pats 45. It was a push. Oh, it was a push. But you're yeah. unbeaten. On two, you, what zero. are you making? I'm two and one, okay. Steve. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. We'll get to the, the I'm two the back in the loss column. That's all that matters. We'll get we'll get to the locks later. Hey Steve, how was Tuscaloosa? Idiot. Phenomenal. Uh been a while since I've been there. Uh I it's just like I think it was over two hundred thousand people on the quad tailgating before. And uh my girl Jess Sims and I took a walk, strolled through the, the tailgates, and boy, were people getting after it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Have you guys been in the stadiums with the new like LED lighting? 
No. It's it's crazy. So they turn the lights off in the stadium and everybody puts their cell phone flashlights on and then like they do these dances. Like one was a Drake song, one was a song I don't even know. But the visuals are pretty crazy, but the problem is, you know, they do it during a TV timeout, so the the broadcast doesn't see it. But the, you know, the, I think it's 3 minutes of TV timeouts, but when the lights come back on, it's so bright. Like for for them to start playing, like it really messed with your eyes. But the, the atmosphere is is incredible. Um, being in there, a couple first timers I was with from work were absolutely blown away. Um, you know, swinging, singing uh, "Sweet Home Alabama" before the game, their tradition. Just the, the student section. I mean, it was hot too, man. Like those guys, you forget those those first couple games playing in August and September, man. Those guys are going. I mean, IVs are going left and right. Uh, but I, I, I talked about it last week. I thought Texas would hang around because of that defensive line, and boy, did they show out. Bama started the game running the ball right down their throat, and uh, Texas with that depth, man, there's there's not a lot of teams that have experience in their depth, and that's what's going to be the most interesting thing moving forward is to see these ro- – you, you finally start to see the makeup of the rosters, uh, but what's behind it? You know, you see everybody in week one – you know, you start learning a little bit, but now, you know, I know the coaches are, are, are concerned about what they actually have through the portal and recruiting and all that. So that's what's most interesting to me is, is what shakes out roster-wise and who could stay healthy. We talk about depth. I mean, when I think about Alabama, I always think depth. You know, I think they, they're, as, they're better than your ones and their twos are as good as your ones. And so, yep. you know, to see Texas roll in with that kind of depth, especially in today's era where – I feel like in the era of transfer portal NIL, it's hard to keep depth because guys are like, "I'm not no, playing, I'm out." No doubt, your depth, your depth is all young. Yeah, you know because of the portal, and that's. I mean, you know, everybody throwing in their takes about uh, Saban and the quarterback change. I mean, Nick addressed it. If they didn't go down and score, he was going to pull them. Yeah. So you know what kind of deal he has. But you go across the board, and especially a place like at Alabama, man. Milrose just he doesn't have experience and experience takes time. Yeah. They don't have time. Yeah. You know, not at Alabama. So it's it's fascinating to see unfold uh and it's it, it's really cool to see some older teams like Texas and Florida State up, up at top in the, in the top 5. Your buddy Kyle uh he 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 doesn't gamble and he decided to start this past weekend and he put like $200 on Alabama. So <laughs> He jumped on uh, – Petey Public jumped on the, the tide and, mm. and, uh, and it got it got it all over his face. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be back for week week three slate or week – He better back. Three. He better be back. Um, okay. Back. So what was the best bar at Tuscaloosa, the game day bar of the week, or did you go to bed? Uh, Thursday I got out. I went out to see – it's crazy, Chris. It's been a long time. But I, I know uh, the people in charge at Free. That's the spot. And we wa- went and grabbed some early uh, dinner at Dreamland, the original. There's only one way to do it. But to see, to be in a college bar with an NFL game on, every single male in there had money on the game. Like oh, just yeah. <laughs> screaming oh, yeah. at the TV. And I just, I'm just sitting there looking like, man, it's nice to be young again. Um, but the energy... Uh, but no, Innis Freeze is a spot uh, in T Town for me for sure. A lot of polos, a lot of vineyard vines. Yep. Do you think at, at Bama, is it Friday like that? Yeah, dude. Okay, I don't know. I've never been that was Thursday. Thursday. Friday, no way. Friday's well, well, here, lockdown. Here's, and even 
Now we're going out to mountain time. It's even it's even early. I might have to be in bed at 6.30. You got to check out the attic in Boulder. Never been there, but a quick Google search told me that that's probably my kind of place. Well, there's two places I've heard. The attic and the sink. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, so we'll be back with... Uh, with with uh don't hit the book powder report, room book report tomorrow or okay. next week so, next week yeah 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 so so uh we've got we've got some some colorado action this weekend we can't get enough of it yeah uh you're gonna be in boulder and colorado state colorado by the way joe namath did a great job i thought on uh on game day he bro he, he's bro he's 80 i know he did can he you great. imagine that if you're yeah. 80 and you get to look like that yeah i, I was just in awe of the guy Absolutely in awe of yeah, what he is, awesome. is and, and and looks like at 80. Uh, God bless him. Oh, quick, before we get to Colorado, guys, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I was listening to Around the NFL, love that pod, and they were talking about uh, this week in Milwaukee or Green Bay. There was a bar. Uh, where oh, yeah, I saw if, that. If, you, if, if the Jets lost the game, you drink for free. And so people were in there watching the game. They were huddled around the TVs. And when Aaron went down, it was like bar tabs through the roof. Like, there's no way Zach Wilson uh, doesn't pay off for us tonight. And at the end of the game, it was supposedly quite the scene when everybody had to, to belly up to the bar and pay their tabs. Yeah. It, it, can I just mention that game quick because I was there? Yeah. Um, it's obviously – you've played there when it's been good. Uh, you know, New York is, is, is great when it's good. And I literally, like, I haven't seen Joe Douglas in like five years and pregame. I go over, we're, we're catching up talking and the state, the way the weather delay was and letting people in the stadium, it was like the Bama, Texas pregame, like the place is packed, music's blasting. And then Aaron comes out for the first time, padded up to, for warmups and the place goes crazy. And I'm standing there next to Joe, and he literally looks up, and he's like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> and then, you know, 40 minutes later, four plays, and it's as dead as as you could be. But, you know, coming back out for halftime with Scott and, and, and getting out there for the end of the fourth quarter, now one person left. Uh, the place was absolute mayhem, and I was standing in the end zone for the punt return. As soon as he – takes the hezzy step I, I that everybody converged and i just saw the sideline wide open but you have to get out of the way for the dog pile no i, I was in the other end zone i was yeah. in the other end zone. did you get leg whipped how did about the poor whipped? guy that was grabbing sala like sala i think was gonna randy savage on on top of gibson and this guy was holding him back yeah he the the the, the get back guy mm. you know he's got it he's got to know in that situation okay so colorado state colorado yeah i think the line's like 18 uh, I think like week, 23. 23 now? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, next week they've got Oregon. Uh, they have USC after that. Yep. The loss probably not coming this weekend. Is there anything that Colorado State has for Colorado? Well, talking to a couple guys on their staff uh, last night, the idea of watching Colorado and then getting you know geared up for them is just the precision of Shador Sanders. Like, when you watch him, it's so crisp, it's so clean, and how precise he is with his throwing. I mean, a accuracy of, you know, just so spot on, putting the ball where it needs to be. And the other thing is his awareness in the pocket. Their offensive line's not good, but the way he creates time in the pocket 
when they have those deep over routes uh, is, is really something to see going back and watch the tape. So I think the idea is to outscore them. Uh, if you're Colorado State, they're switching quarterbacks. They're going with a more mobile guy, and you have to create explosive plays. The problem is you got to deal with Travis Hunter on one side. So it's you know Colorado State does have a good receiver. Um, they're they're gonna try and get the ball. They had a weird bye week in week two after they got pumped by Wazoo. Yeah. So it's more like they're they still don't aren't sure what they have, but. The idea I would, you know, have to think is creating explosive plays to keep up. You know Colorado's going to score with the playmakers they have. Uh, can Colorado State do it? I'm not sure. So, you know, maybe a, a, a pretty predictable pick on the over for that game yeah, if who, you're going to take any action. Who's the who's the team in the Pac-12 that gives them the biggest matchup problem? There's a lot of good teams in Oregon the Pac-12, State. ironically. Oregon State does. Oregon State uh, wants to mash you. And watching them early on, they I had them – uh, making the Pac-12 title game. I have UCLA and Oregon State playing in the Pac-12 title game. But now, I mean, with Wazoo, you know, beating the bag out of Wisconsin, uh, Colorado doing this, there's there's seven teams that could win that conference. Yeah. But Oregon State wants to mash you, and that's, what, that's what's been really cool to see is how different DJ Uyunglele looks as, as, as a thrower. Because so you know this, so much opens up when you can run the football against a team, and you know safety's got to come down in the box, and you get more one on ones, and you know that's where you get your double moves. But he's looked phenomenal. But yeah, Oregon State's the team that that looks. Uh, I believe Colorado doesn't have to play Washington, uh, but you mentioned it at Eugene, and then home for for uh, Caleb and the boys. That's where we'll really. Uh, really see what they have uh, in its totality as 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 Coach Sanders um, has 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 rolling in Boulder. Y'all two, they're eight Pac-12 ranked teams right now. If this yeah. is two three years ago, do they get the big TV deal and save the conference? Is know, this just dude. bad timing? This is it's been bad timing for almost a decade making. Mm-hmm. Bad. I mean, well, wins. so let me ask you this: uh, You think the discourse around? Um, Jay Norvell's comments is going to be pretty, pretty calm. Uh, he said, Dion, you've, you know, my mom taught me that, uh, you know, you, you, when I, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. Uh, so that's, there'd be, there's going to be more spice. It's just every week there's a little spice with this. And, you know, like part of it, you could be like, yeah, Colorado's creating these issues, but, but, you know, Matt rule, talked about Dion on a podcast uh you know Jay Norvell opens his mouth about Dion and his sunglasses it's like what's it going to be week to week you know as as if these guys need any more fuel but I will say this about Jay Norvell that is a cool looking motherfucker yeah (laughs) like he might be one of the coolest looking coaches in college he actually played in the league this Jay Mm. Norvell I didn't know that yeah, he was uh, so, one of the uh, longtime assistants with Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. That's where okay. I first met him. Yeah. Uh, super good dude, buttoned up. But, you know, as far as the, the words going back and forth, Chris, you know, you mentioned Matt Rule. Uh, you know, Sonny Dykes had plenty of things to say. And then I saw Sonny pulling Dion. You know, I don't know if he's apologizing at the postgame handshake, but Matt Rule did the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. has the handshake, pulls him in. You know, maybe he's explaining what he meant. I don't know, but – it feels like that's going to be the norm is, is people, you know, that second guess the way Dion went about things, uh, you know, admitting they were wrong. But yeah. that's what he's about, man. He, he, he thrives off of proving people wrong. He's got his, his, his team playing really well. Like I said, the crit, like how crisp they are on offense 
is really something to see when you look at what they have. And on defense, it's not great, but they got a transfer from West Virginia. Virginia was a disruptor up front, and, and the two guys that stayed uh, are, are playmakers. So, um, like I said, the depth is, is the real thing you'll see, say, in three weeks from now, what they look like. And if they can stay healthy, watch out because they're going to score on people. They have that much talent on the perimeter. Travis Hunter had a bit of a quieter day offensively. Does he have enough? Does that offense have enough for him to keep him in a Heisman race? And where do you see Shador Sanders fitting in with some of these other quarterbacks? I I love uh, first on Shador. I I don't see any reason. I mean, Ewers was great. Um, but I trust Shador more throwing the football. Uh, mm-hmm. Just seeing – from mechanics, decision-making, how fast he gets rid of the ball. Now Ewers has the wow moments, you know, the deep ball, pop flies, letting guys run under it. Uh, but, you know, he does get a little lazy with that footwork. So when it comes down to it, uh, I, I'm, I honestly, after seeing Drake May and then seeing like a Ewers and obviously Caleb's Caleb, I'm really interested to see how the NFL guys talk themselves uh, about Caleb versus Drake because I could see plenty of NFL guys leaning towards Drake, um, but that's that's their decision to make. I just have a feeling that momentum's going to go that way because he is that good. But I put Shadur three be- over Quinn because of the consistency of throwing and and the decision making and the preciseness. It, it's been phenomenal to watch. Obviously, when you look at Heisman classes, you look you look at classes based on, you know, if you look back at 1982 and you've got Herschel Walker, John Elway, Eric Dickerson, you're like, okay, in retrospect, that's an amazing class, right? Yeah. We don't know how these guys are going to play in the pros, but I think before it's all said and done, you look back and say this is one of the deepest, most star-studded Heisman classes when it comes to college players. I mean, there, there's been some good ones, but... At the end of the season, you just named four or five guys. There's going to be tough decisions yeah. on on five and six, and so uh, yeah, like uh, I'd love to know what was the most people sent to New York for the ceremony because that's that's an interesting topic. Is who's going to be there? Like how do how don't you see Quinn Ewers and Shadur Sanders there right now after the start to this season? It's it's nah. been incredible. A lot has to shake out between yep. now and then, no doubt. Steve, can you spin this? Shitty slate. Booty it's your job now. It's I feel like job. I do this to you every week. Yes, yeah, in this slate because I I just don't see much. Uh, it's ranked teams on the road, man. I think there's only two ranked teams given less than a touchdown this week, and that actually has me fired. Because like I said, with the portal and everything, I still think we're learning about these teams. So, you know, Penn State's an example, right? Drew Aller has been phenomenal. This is the game I had circled for Penn State because now you get to see what they have on the road. And what Drew Aller has. Illinois, I think they just forgot what time the game started last week against Kansas because they didn't show up in the first half. Uh, But now you know they're going to be motivated. That funky 11 a.m. early kick. I expect Illinois to play their butts off. Their defensive um, guys haven't showed up the first two weeks. I think I had it. It was 955 yards of offense. Illinois has given up to Toledo and Kansas. That's that's not good, and that's not going to work. So I expect a, an inspired effort out of Illinois. They do have two really good D tackles uh, and with some youth. You know, Witherspoon getting drafted. Um, so that's an interesting one for me that I just I want to see Aller on the road. Uh, you know, Florida State goes on the road to BC. I believe that's the Red Bandana game. You know the the, the rules with that. LSU um, hasn't been good. It's good to see Mason Smith back out there. 
what does Jane Daniels look like in, in what's going to be a tough environment? That's, you know, nine and a half point spread. Uh, there was another team that's on the road. Kansas State, Missouri. There's Washington and oh, Michigan State. Pat, uh, all that's going on with Michigan State. You know, Washington, yeah. plenty of hype. But now I get to see it. Big Ten atmosphere. You know, that place will be juiced up to try and pick their guys up. Uh, really interested to see what uh, Kalen DeBoer and, and Michael Penix do on the road. DeBoer, I'm telling you, he's up there with with Mike Norvell and, and Sark, you know, out there. I, I just call them assassins. Uh, because of the play calling, they they just don't stop. And all hats off to Sark and what he did. He was tremendous. Uh, he just he didn't stop. They weren't afraid. They kept taking shots, and that's what I, you know. I said to him, it was really impressive in that atmosphere in Tuscaloosa to answer every time. Uh, I call it the Bama swoon. I've seen plenty of teams go in there, and just one thing happens, and then the whole game turns around whether it's a turnover or a breakdown on defense or a quarterback dropping a snap it was really impressive to see texas um you know step up but they he's they played well in those big games now they have to win the games that they're supposed to win uh that's been the achilles heel so washington and penn state are the ones i have my eyes on uh north carolina gets a funky matchup against minnesota total contrast of styles there which will be interesting i'm gonna Ohio be state if they can't score against Western Kentucky, I don't know what the problem is there. Uh, so, plenty plenty to watch, Chris. Don't give me this. You're not going to be watching. And Florida. Florida, Tennessee. Are you kidding? Can I load up on UNC? Because I uh, I got the underwind total on Minnesota. I'm wondering if you like that call or if you like UNC this weekend. Seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, that was the win total too, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, over, I'm, I'm over on NC State. Okay, and, and I'm under on Minnesota. All right, could have used NC State last week. Toe in the water a little bit. Could have used Nebraska beating Minnesota. Sure, uh, I do. Nebraska. I do like that because I, the Big Ten. What I mean, pick your poison. You know, I thought I picked Wisconsin to win it. They don't look right uh, with all the transfers and fickle coming in. I do trust that they'll get it organized, but Minnesota doesn't have playmakers on the perimeter. Calic Manis is is a good talent. But, he, again, he's a guy that needs time. Uh, so what does North Carolina go do? Go, they went back to their old ways defensively against App State, but that's a no-win situation. You just beat South Carolina, and now you got the in-state, you know, FCS. Or I shouldn't – no, they're not FCS anymore. Did you guys, did you guys see Mac Brown uh, doing an ACC Network interview in the middle of the prayer circle, basically, after the game? No, I, I mean, did He's not. just doing old guy stuff right now. We were talking about this. The way he grabbed up that coach a week ago by the neck, by the jowls, and then uh, and then this week he stayed in the middle of the prayer circle talking about they. they and now play, he's these guys pray and played a hard fought game. He's 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 threatening to play the kid that the NCAA didn't grant a waiver to. He's he's in that he's in that stage. Yeah, did, it just took him a little bit longer. Did Howie ever grab you by the jowls? Yeah, Howie's grabbed me by the jowls. <laughs> <laughs> it feels a lot different than I would imagine Mac Brown. I was going to say, man, it was a big pause yeah. around those little jobs. I'm going to spin the wheel here and see if you know anything about this game. Can Idaho beat Cal, Steve? Ooh, Cal is big on injuries here. Idaho uh, played really well last week. Cal is a great NFL running back, and Jaden Ott, he got hurt against Auburn. They also started Sam Jackson week one. He got hurt against North Texas. Uh, and Finley had to come in. Then he got hurt against Auburn. If they had anything offensively, they beat Auburn. So that's a dangerous spot for uh, for Cal. Watch out there. I like the Vandals. Uh, I'm just, the I might throw a little bit on the Vandals. 
Uh, did you guys see Bama had an, a, a whole alligator in their training table uh, at their facility? And they're not playing Florida. I had to check the sheet twice. They're playing South Florida. Yeah. They just like gator. You know, it's just part of the, the, the food pyramid for Nick Saban's players. Um, all right. So it's time for – oh, this is my one question, Steve. With one. Texas – and Florida State kind of rising, and Bama, I'm not saying they're falling, but they've come back down to earth a little bit. It's a new era in college football. In five years, do you have like a surprise blue blood that might be entering the conversation? It's just too hard to see this stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, just think about the Big Ten, right? Like, you got teams like Minnesota, right? They're, they're, they've had good seasons. They just missed making the Big Ten title game. You know, the last three years – and now here come Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC. Mm-hmm. Like, I would think there's going to be a drop-off there, no? Yeah. You know, you got to be – your work is that much harder uh, now with the schedule. Uh, but, um, you know, Maryland's got a chance to take a step in the right direction this week with a big Friday night game. Maybe that this is the uh, ascending up to a new blue blood. So, give me Maryland. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Does it really fuck them in recruiting like a, a school like Minnesota, like Big Ten teams all of a yeah, sudden? Absolutely. You can have USC and UCLA coming into, you know, uh, you know Manitoba to grab all your guys. Absolutely. I, I think I was reading Fleck with Calic Manis this year. He had – I think he was the head coach at Western Michigan four years, and this is his sixth or seventh. He's had two quarterbacks. Yeah. He started a young kid at Western Michigan. He ended up being a four-year starter, and Tanner Morgan was there for six years. So he's been very fortunate and and with the quarterback situation. And that's, you know, with all the Elite 11 and all these quarterback and the grades going out there and seven-on-seven, seven, there's only so many schools that could go, and then no one wants to stay anywhere because they get beat out and they can't handle being a backup, which I'll never understand because you're always one snap away. Yeah, and that's why you want to bet on the coaches who are playing the portal like a Luke Fickle. I bet Wisconsin is a – I mean, they're always good, but I bet mm-hmm. they're a contender very shortly. Yeah, because they're like 12 if you look at like 24-7 sports, whatever the fuck that means. You've got Wisconsin's like 12th in recruiting. And in probably even higher than that in the in portal. The yeah, portal. I mean, it, so they've got to hit the portal. And a team like Indiana, you're like, what do you do? You're like last in the Big Ten and – at, at grabbing talent. So there's a couple of these teams that I'm like, man, you feel bad for them with those guys coming into town. You freeze Auburn. Yep. They'll get in the portal. No question. They'll do some cheating. No question. Okay, so, uh, Steve, it's time for awards. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Coughlin Award, Holden stays. Big day, tight end Notre Dame. Better Who was going to replace Holden Michael Coughlin. Mayer in the passing game? Holden stays. Did you see him keep his feet in? On that run, the 40-yarder from Hartman last week. Hold stays, baller, over 100 yards last week. Looks like uh, Notre Dame is going to be a problem this year for teams. And the Timmy Chang Award goes to two teammates. MJ Wright, ride receiver for Fordham. CJ Montez, quarterback for Fordham. Of course. Montez, over 300 yards, five touchdowns. I believe... um, MJ is the leader in the in football in catches. He has 21 catches already. They went to Buffalo and won, a team that some people were picking to win the MAC, but in in, in totally uh, crazy game. 40-37, Montez hits MJ with about two minutes left. They went 40-37 in Buffalo. MJ Wright, CJ Montez, Fordham Rams. 
Chris, are there any are there any other Buffalo alums in the in the league besides Khalil, Khalil. Mack? Uh, uh, the running back Patterson was on the Commanders. I know okay, for a little well, bit. I don't uh, know if he four, made the practice squad yeah. this year though. Ford has the, the old Hill Skyhawks this week. The old quarterback, the big dude. He looked like Logan Thomas. He's uh, he's playing tight end for somebody, or he was in the preseason. Tyree Jackson. Tyree Jackson. Yeah, this guy's good. I could ask a Buffalo alum; they wouldn't know. Steve knows. Uh, okay, so congratulations. Just watch the games. You'll, you guys you'll learn a lot. Just watch the games. That's it. Four hundred of them. Holden stays where it's thirteen as a tight end. That's a nice number for yeah, a tight end. That's a nice end. number for a tight end for sure. Teens are great numbers for tight ends. It's time. The day of reckoning. Thursday. Y'all boys got to deal with me. Yee How's the travel schedule? Good? It's fucking terrible, Steve. Oh. No, it's actually not that bad. I guess you go to Philly for inside the NFL. I, it's just, what do you take, you know, the train? Well, I'd love to, but Amtrak needs to get their shit together. Oh. You know, you know, there's no good times. Monday night, the, the whole thing is like, I'd like to travel up there on Monday night, but then you kind of like are traveling during Monday night football. And you know, Bad like beats after the game, you gotta see it. It's a lot of fun hanging out with Ryan and Channing and Jay and those guys and Chad at the Westin and watching Monday Night Football. I'd like to get up there for that, but I've been going on Tuesday morning. I had to drop the kids off at school and then go to the airport and do the show. It, by the end of Tuesday, I feel I had to fly back to oh. win a softball game, eighteen to one. They 19, didn't need me. Nineteen to one. Was it nineteen? Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I I closed them out. I was too fried. I was tired. I smoked a, a cone in my car, and I was like, I'm too high to pitch. You know, so I let Scotty, CEO Scott, get out there, and uh, and uh, I finished it off. So, anyways, yeah, travel's been tough. Steve's making as a pinch runner. Macon's not doing it. It's, it, it's Look, another thing in a long line of things that he's afraid to try, so he makes fun of it. Okay. Uh, Steve. Sounds exactly like I thought I was going to hear. Is that, is that not true? No, that's not exactly true. Okay. Steve, are you flying to a college town every Thursday yes. out every Saturday to the Monday night venue? Uh, I've been trying to come home on Sunday, see the fam, and then fly out Monday morning. Golly are you day. going to Pittsburgh this week? Or are you no, doubleheaders to- will do from Bristol. Oh, that's got to feel good. And oh, then are you home Monday good. nights? Yep. Late. Uh, okay. We'll pee ejection. All right, let's do it. Who starts? Because, you know. Uh, the 0-3 fella. Okay. Gets, That's good. Gets I'm I get not first? Me. Yeah, you get first pick. All right. Uh, Did you guys hear me say I didn't get to go through my usual process? Were you we heard tanking, it. You said were it three you times, okay? The Eagles minus six and a half? Because <laughs> that, that feels good, doesn't it, Steve? It does. It, no, guys. No gain, no. no gain well, right? No gain well, and they, they're, they're going to heat up Jalen. And okay, they got then, nobody on the back end on the other side. Minnesota's got nobody on the back end. I, I said Over, this before. I guess, then. I said, this be, I said this before with Minnesota. It is a brilliant way to tank. You've got a good quarterback. You let all your good position players go, and you bring in a guy, including the guys that cover, you bring in a guy that loves to heat people up and put DBs in, in uh, you know not advantageous situations. I think it's a brilliant way to tank for the, for the Vikings. Brian Flores, he's going to be double mugging Jalen Hurst to death, and they're just going to be getting the ball out on the perimeter. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who to pick for these games. Okay. I'm going to go first. Yeah, you're first. Jacksonville. Plus three and a half at home. They'll lose. They'll lose by seven because because you did this to me last week. It didn't pay off for you. Home dog. That's my Super Bowl pick. Love what I see from the Jags. Dougie P. Give me it all. Love Bigsby running back hey, from Auburn. Hey, be careful, Steve. Road teams 
were 12 and three against the spread last week. That was last week. Bacon uh, was healthy last week. Uh, nine and a half, huh? Okay. Raiders, nine and a half. Ooh, nice. In Buffalo. Okay. I'll take Buffalo. Huh? Uh, yeah, I just think this is a game where they go out and throttle well, guys. Well, Chris, watching the tape, what do you, I mean, I'm watching in person, and when they needed it, they just flipped uh, Diggs over to Reed so they get away from Sauce, and that's how they did the two-minute drill. Like, that's not sustainable stuff, man. You have – I know you can win, you've been into it, but I don't know offensively what they're going to do well besides Allen and Diggs. Well, we both said it before the season. I don't know if you agreed or not, but, like, Buffalo probably takes a step back this year. I, I, I think – the Josh stuff is one thing. Uh, if if he can eliminate the four big mistakes a game, like that's some small. How about task. two? Yeah, just just you know, in half, man. He the, just the, can't. Like I was going through the numbers and watching, going up to Monday night in that Week Nine game last year. You know, the Jets had him struggle. He only threw one touchdown in two games against the Jets. He had forty-two dropbacks, and the Jets only blitzed twice. Exactly. He exactly. can't. This he is doesn't not have the patience, man. This is not new. And the, and the thing that kills me about Josh is, you know, Aaron goes out, learn different speeds. Yeah. Okay. Like you can beat this team. Yep. They, they, at some point, there was a point late in this game where it was 13 6 on the third pick or the second pick, rather. Uh, losing track of the picks. But <laughs> it's, I think it's second and 14. You got James Cook at the sticks. You, you dump it down to him, and it's a seven-yard gain, uh, and you're third and medium, and you're probably in field goal range. And you, you mean to tell a 10-point lead late in the third quarter is not going to beat the Jets and, and, and Zach Wilson, who made less mistakes than Josh Allen. You would have thought Zach Wilson was, the, was Josh Allen and Josh Allen was Zach Wilson uh, in, in that – Josh just didn't understand the terms of the game. It's yeah. like you can beat these guys, yep. and I also think the intermediate stuff's not there. And you no, know, that's what I'm saying. Like I just, it's either a deep shot or it's or it's a quick, you know, on you right now slant or something in the flat. Get my guy like, Kincaid involved. You know, he's just tossing the ball up in the air, Diggs, and you wonder if it's a product of, hey, Diggs and I have been bitching to each other in the off season. Yeah. I got to get him the ball, that sort of thing. That first slant he threw to Diggs, I thought he was mad at him. <laughs> he threw the ball so fucking hard and off target, and Diggs is just holding his hands out here. But, yeah, like, spread the ball around, get James Cook going. I think this is a game where, because the Raiders won against Denver, you get a little bit more of the public. You know, it's a big line, that sort of yep. thing. I like the Bills. Do you like keeping a guy like Sauce on one side of the field? Because I, Steve's right. All Buffalo did was move him, and then it was seven yards on a slide. I like a time. guy who can travel. I mean, yeah. obviously, you want a guy who can travel if need be, in my opinion. Okay, Steve, you're up. Who'd make it take? I took the Raiders. I took the other side of it. Just Oh, okay. Got it. I'm going to take the Falcons. At home. Wasn't pretty. Everyone talking about the Packers. Love what I saw from them. But this feels like a public play. Atlanta giving one right now. Is that what you guys have? Yeah, one. You yeah, your half give it a home team with uh, the stash. Okay, okay. Arthur. Oh, God. You know, I just don't know who to pick. Close it's your the, eyes. It's late early for you, is, huh? Is, is the biggest <laughs> issue. Now, it has to deal with the, you know, the, the, the truncated night last night. I'm going to take... I'm going to take, I don't think they have two freaking tackles at this point. 
but the Seahawks on the road Ooh. in Detroit. Yikes. Four and a half. Now, if it weren't for the tackles, I feel like this is the play because you're like, all right, everybody's going to be on the Lions. I think they overvalue that win a little bit. We talked about it earlier, Jared Goff, the matchup against some of the zone they're going to run and that sort of thing. I, I, I only like the Lions here because of the tackles. Hey. How about the under? The under looks good. And by the way, you could bet three unders and probably go two and one. I mean, like, that's the way it is right now. But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the Eagles at six and a half. Give me a second before I decide which point I'm going to buy. Well, it's only going to get you to a push. Yeah, I don't mind a push. As you know, that's true. losing you are sucks. Unbeaten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve? Steven. Um, hmm. Yeah. How I feel about it. Who had the Buccaneers 2-0? and I know. It's tantalizing. Did you just give them uh, no, a win? No, I did not. I did not. Because I kind of like the Bears. Yeah, I'm not touching that game. Uh, I'll go Steelers plus the points at home Monday night. Uh, God, I hope you're right because that that win total is looking Cam Hayward with the groin injury. They, they're going to need a lot out of that Wisconsin kid. Kenny Pickett's getting palms up from Deontay Johnson, who I think is also out. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they got a rally. Standard's a standard. Okay, all right. He knows what he's doing. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put my nuts on the line, and I'm going to do it. The Jets catching as many as possible because it, 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 we talked about it earlier. Dallas has blown people out before. Yep. Then look what they do after they blow people out. It's just not it, – last year alone, they blew out the Vikings, then the Giants played them tough. They blew out the Bears, then lost to Green Bay. They blew out the Colts, then squeaked by the Texans and lost to the Jags like – the, the Cowboys, nobody questions their top-end ability. It's, it's just, can they string it together consecutively? And this defense is going to be a totally different deal. I think there is something in the run game there. Look at that first drive when the Giants were playing this game in phase. Give me the, uh, the Jets on the road. Nobody's going to be on them. Quick math here. Nine-point spread over under 38. So that Jets team total is going to be like 14 and a half. Yeah. Oof. This game's 23-14. I mean, and 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 at that point, I'm uh, I'm, I'm a winner. I'm nine a winner. And nine and a half. We're okay. Nine and a half. I see a lot of Ooh. field goals in this game. I'm not going to be ten and kick right off. There. No, I'm no. going to take the Bills. I'm going to buy the 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 half on the Bills. Uh, and and no, I'm not going to buy the half. I'm going to buy the half on the Eagles. Buy the half on the Eagles. Favorite matchup. Favorite matchup of the week. Boy, oh Patriots boy. against the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, that's my... cannot wait to I see can't what wait they for that do game. defensively. I can't wait for that game. My last pick. You ready? Keon White against everybody. He the, can, Show me three rushes last week. on. Enough. Yeah. Settle down. The Houston Texans. Ah, that's that was my other one. At home. Okay. They play sound football. Will Anderson. Never heard of him? Yeah. Nice sack. Good to get to that show, home. Friend of the program. Beautiful sack. Great. Yeah, it was a good sack. But it's also nice when you get held sometimes because it whips your hips around. Dan won. I mean, it, it, so I, I, I like what I see from him. Grenard, we've talked about him. Uh, the back end there is, is more impressive than you'd think. Home opener. Home opener. NRG. Yep. I'll take my half point with the Raiders there. Give me to 10. Thank you kindly. Interesting. Fuck. Do they blow them out? That's where the national they championship is yeah. this year, by the way. Where? Houston. Oh. Last time it was there was year 2016. Yep. Also the site of uh, the Final Four. 
Uh, no, not at all. It was Minneapolis. That's where I played. 2016 played, was yeah. the final four. National championship. I was talking about football. Yeah. Oh, my we're, bad. We're bouncing Sorry, around Steve. here. Sorry, you're basketball school. My we bad. do all. We do all the sports. I, I don't know. We're, we're uh, we covered. Okay, Steve. <laughs> is that is that we've got all our locks then? Um, that's that, huh? Uh, Steve, you want to talk about anything else? Sucks when it ends. I just again looking like shout, Tiger Woods over there. Shout out to the poor Branch and Kyle. Yeah, shout out to Kyle. We talked about that last night. He was like, I heard Steve liked my uh, my technique on the river. Steve, so, when's the last time you paid for a cloth? Uh, <laughs> actually uh, bought some uh, new sneakers recently. Wow, okay. Best free gear you've gotten this year? Ooh. Jess Sims gave me a pair of Jordans. Okay. Is Ryan still sending you the Legends gear? I, they don't make my size in Legends, so I have not been able to uh, – partake in the legend i thought they made my size but you can kind of see my balls in right? all the shorts you're with uh, me on that right yeah and ryan came to montana in a pair of those legends mediums and my dad within like three minutes was like was like my mom actually told waylon to ask him why he has waylon shorts on uh and yet nobody could see his balls ah uh, we we're all laughing all right <laughs> good Steve. go make your flight I, I really wish i i want to go to boulder this year yeah, yeah. it seems like a great town i kind of want to move to boulder yeah all right mm. all, all right. right steve take it easy